You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk of ice. (laughs) I'm Doge and so Peter tell me. Is there a special girl back home? No. No, not really. No? I don't believe it for a second. Look at that face. Handsome man like you, Peter. Tell me. Well, there, uh, there is this one girl that I've had a crush on forever. Ah. But I don't think she actually recognized me until the reaping. Well, I'll tell you what, Peter. You go out there and you win this thing. And when you get home, she'll have to go out with you. Right, folks? Thanks, but uh, I, I don't think winning's going to help me at all. And why not? Because she hung here with me. I was just waiting for you to get all the way through that and forget to say hung. I also was. Uh, I'm Carter and... (laughs) Chunk. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I've been waiting to do that for 72 hours. I've been so excited. So excited. (laughs) Wow. That's very good. Also very good is that Doge is the hunk. Tell us why. I think you both could tell us why, but we'll let Doge. That's a good point. When you hear the word, the phrase, tired, huddled mass, (laughs) who do you think of? Jordan. Uh, Because I think of Jordan. He brought me his tired, huddled mass of self, of wife self, and cat self Mm. to my home because his apartment lost power. So Jordan is living with me right now, living uh, in our guest bedroom. And when he moved out of our shared college apartment in 2016, I really thought that was the last time I was going to have to get intimately acquainted with his bathroom schedule. But now I have to know it again. Mm, Dang. And it's fine. My bathroom schedule is really just like whenever the second cup of coffee hits. I was talking about showering and stuff like that, but I would take it there. We could get, we could, listen, we can get blue. I was talking about pooping. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as I know, my apartment is still at this point going on 72 hours without any power. Unreal. So it's probs cold up in there. I was going to save this for shout announcements, but Chunky's, there's not really anything proven yet to just totally stop two chunks. Like, do you realize you've been <laughs> listening to new episodes every week? In this twelve, in these last twelve months, every week a new episode. Are you serious? Do you get that? That's like I will record episodes. from beyond the grave. That's a promise. Hey, that's, that's a guarantee. That's something to look forward to in the upcoming climate crisis wars. We're still going to be talking about movies. Remember movies back when they made those before the Earth burned up? It's nuts. <laughs> the we've, rivers we've of magna, a- magma are scary, but you know magna. what's not scary? Okay, guys. All right, I was getting, I was doing a thing. <laughs> When you, when you run up to a really good goof and you trip and fart and fall down, that's a bummer. Sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. And we have recorded 100 this episodes. This was Jordan's last episode. <laughs> 100 episodes during the pandemic. Wow. Wow. I will so. say not, not one of them did we devote serious time to finding a cure. So that is kind of on that's us. That's on us a little right. bit. I think Prior- if we had, maybe instead of like watching Coco, we could have been like, this is great. It's really good. We don't have to talk about it. Let's just, let's workshop this Let's out. talk about let's talk it out. Let's see if we can, that point, let's see if we know? can solve COVID. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, you know what else we need to solve? Hmm. 
synopsis. I've never been one. To, I've never been one to give it over to Doge. We got to say the movie name first. Yeah, no. Carter, don't step to the throne. <laughs> I thought I was just. I thought I've been real. Heavy cute is the head that wears the hey, crown. I can't do it. You're, you're riding that Mephisto high from. I just yeah, vomit. True. I vomit from the nerves of trying to do the synopsis. Hey, before we before we jump in for real, I do want to say, Dallas listeners. We all are local to the area. This has been yeah. a hard, hard it's been awful week. Um, I'm hoping that by the time this episode comes out, things are returning to normal and, um, well, the pandemic normal, but you know what I mean. Um, but uh, I don't know what two chunks can realistically do, but I hope that at least listening can bring you some joy and know that, um, you know, we're 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 thinking about you and and hoping that everything's going to be okay for everybody listening right now. Yeah, I'll tell you what we could do is is head to our Instagram bio uh, or head to our website, uh, and we'll have ways to redirect you to resources that can help you out where you're at locally. Um, and we've got a lot of Dallas folks, Austin folks, Houston folks. Um, we'll make sure to to link to some pertinent information there. We want you guys to stay safe and warm and happy and healthy. Yeah, sorry for just saying Dallas as though the rest of Texas isn't like, hey, this is nuts for us too. I meant all of us. <laughs> um, you know, and if you happen to be in Cancun dropping your daughters off at a at a cool vacation, dude, you're such a good dad, dude. You're such a good dad. Don't go to our website. Dude. We don't want you there. <laughs> Thanks for dropping your daughters off on that cool Cancun vacation. You're such a good dad. Not, I'm not speaking to anybody in particular, by the way. Just sort of like, if, just in if general, there's any dads out there, what a good dad. Um, <laughs> hey, you know. Who else had sort of a hard week? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Katniss Everdeen. Yeah, uh, 100. In our movie for today, the first Jennifer Lawrence movie, uh, Jennifer Lawrence was selected by our Discord as the final actor of Chooser's Choice 2.0. And the movie that you all, our beautiful listeners, voted on to be the first movie discussed is, of course, known as The, the Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. And uh, I believe the synopsis sounds a little something like this. This week's IMDb synopsis was written by Suzanne Collins, but what does she know? In a dystopian future, the totalitarian nation of Pan Am is divided into 12 districts and the capital. Each year, two young representatives from each district are selected by lottery to participate in the Hunger Games. Part entertainment, part brutal retribution for a past rebellion, the televised games are broadcast throughout Pan Am. The 24 participants are forced to eliminate their competitors while the citizens of Pan Am are required to watch. When 16-year-old Katniss's young sister Prim is selected as District 12's female representative, Katniss volunteers to take her place. She and her male counterpart, Peta, are pitted against bigger, stronger representatives, some of whom have trained for this their whole lives. There it is. I bet this series is a lot more fun when you're able to watch it and go, man, wouldn't that be crazy if we ever got to that place? <laughs> <laughs> this hits real different in 2012 than it's, it does in 2021, it's huh? It's twinged with just a little bit of like, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Seems likely, honestly. Uh, uh, particularly Damn, with American Idol pushing Kellyanne Conway's daughter as a contestant. Oof. Watching somebody who has been wronged and hurt entertain. I don't know, man. It's a, uh, I'm not, look, I'm not saying that the government's going to drop our future children off to fight each other to the death for our entertainment. Uh, I'm also what not would you, saying What would you say if, if Jeff Probst, Survivor season 41, he comes on and he's like, pick up your buffs. This, this 
season, you're divided into 12 teams, districts one through 12. And on this season, you can kill. This one's murder, guys. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Jeff would never I'd do watch that. It for sure. Je- Chris Harrison would. Chris I'll Harrison right now. Would, but Chris yeah, Harrison would got no scruples. Chris, Chris Harrison would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, he's scrupulous. He Chris, Chris, Chris got no scrupes. Uh, we should talk about the Hunger Games. Uh, yeah, we should. Did you guys ever read the books? I did. I, did. I also read them all did. over Thanksgiving break one year. Because of the good. cornucopia? <laughs> no. Oh. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I also, it sounds like all three of us have read the books. We've all watched these movies before, right? Yes. I have only seen the first movie. It's oh, honestly, no the second one's okay. I think the first one's the best one. First one's In for sure opinion, the best I got, one. I got way over Hunger Games. The second, uh, the credits rolled on this movie the first time I watched it. And I was like, you know what? That was good. I'm okay with it. And I didn't watch it anymore. I think I'm yeah. set. I think I'm all set. Yeah. You know, there's... There's a lot. There's a lot here to unpack thematically. It's uh, tricky. My approach to this is totally different than whenever we like sat down to review Harry Potter. Sure, right? I occupying pretty much the same pop culture space in my life. Right. Like as soon as I was done with Harry Potter, I was like, "Cool, give me more of that exact thing." Yeah. Or something very similar. And so I read Hunger Games. But like approaching the movie episode about it, it's tricky because Do You Believe in Magic was a deep dive about Harry Potter, the series. And so I felt more comfortable going into like Chamber of Secrets being like, I don't prefer this version of Voldemort. Can't wait to see him later on because it's important what happens later on. Right. But trying to view the Hunger Games as an isolated movie that begins and ends when our movie begins and ends has been tricky for me to figure out how I feel about some of the things in this. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you bring this up too because it is… I think with the career that Two Chunks has had as a podcast, I'm always fascinated when we come into conversations we've never had before Mm. or lenses we've never had before. So I don't don't think, from what I can remember, that we've just plucked one movie out of uh, a series that at least had this much fanfare. I think it'll be fun. The Caribbean is probably the closest we've come for that. Yeah, I I think you're right. Curse of the Black Roll, and none of the others. I think there's a little bit more of a through line with (laughs) the Hunger Games. Yes, uh, kind of more along the lines of, of Harry Potter. Sure. Uh, than, than of Disney just being like, wow, that movie about a ride did well. Let's do six <laughs> yeah. more and make $8 billion. <laughs> For real. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Watching this again, I haven't seen this in, I mean, years and years and years. It's been a long years. time for me. Yeah. Watching this again was interesting for me. I, there is a lot of visual inconsistency in this movie that's never really explained. Um, and I'm I, I, in the, I between the movie itself or between this movie and Hunger Games two three no and no four? no in the, I'm ta- I'm literally talking about like shots that they forgot to line up right or like thing I'm talking about that kind of stuff like hmm. there was there was at least twice where we saw Katniss draw her bowstring two times wow like at least twice in this movie the budget for this was only eighty million dollars did you see that Mm-mm. yeah. The that director, is nothing. Yeah, in interviews, the director was like, "Listen, <laughs> this was this was not easy. You know, they're making a. This was four years after the book was written, right? And yeah. so we're also in the middle of those new releases. And that's not, you know, we we talk about Harry Potter, and I'm glad you brought that up. I'd love to also make some some comparisons when when applicable. I guess according to me, to like Twilight, like uh, yeah, people sure. tend to jump on the teen, what would be qualified as like the teen novel." Of yeah, 
uh, just adventure and stuff. And so I think totally. it, it did feel, there's a rushed feeling to it, Jordan. I, I, I definitely, I feel what you're- That, that scene with, uh, with Katniss and Haymitch where they're on the balcony towards the end of this movie is the worst green screen I've ever seen in a big budget blockbuster. Oh, it's wild. Hands down, like worse than Star Wars prequels green screen. Yeah. Mm. Give yeah. give uh give the Snyder cut a chance. We haven't we haven't seen that yet, but I bet. <sighs> I bet. Yeah, it's going to rival think, it. <laughs> do we have to Hey, do we have We're a movie podcast. Do we have to watch that? Yes. I don't want to. I think we have to review it. It's so long. Oh, I don't want to watch it. I think we'll we talk have about to review this later. It. We'll talk about it later. I um <laughs> I'm I'm going to super dump now. Okay. Yes, go. And hopefully I'm not taking the shine away uh, from what Jordan was leading into. This movie's not long enough. Uh, and I know that's weird, but I think, I think, well, maybe we can, maybe we can adapt it a little bit. I think being in the Hunger Games is not long enough. I get that there this we go. is the first movie. Yes. This, <laughs> this is, is a f- two and a half hour movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that this is the first movie to introduce just the world of Pan Am. And a lot of times in our first movies, we have a lot of time at home. We probably saw most of the Dursleys uh, in the very first Harry Potter. Just to be like, here's what he's going through. Here's him at the zoo. He's not at Hogwarts yet. And we're like, oh, thank God he's at Hogwarts. But then we would get seven more movies of Hogwarts. So the Hunger Games, even though we'll have another Hunger Games in episode two in the second book when we have the anniversary, it's not nearly enough time. There is there is way too much character development. It's not like we're just skipping a football game and remember the Titans. Like there's so yeah. much character development in the book mm-hmm. during the actual Hunger Games. Yep. That I feel like they grossly neglected our time. Yep. Yeah. In in that setting. Not to mention that the Hunger Games as a whole, the the game part of that is the major flex of the book creative creative. Right. Yeah. It's it's so very interesting in this concept of having these people that are in control, which our cutscenes to the game makers is awful. Like, yeah, they it it does feel lazy. And yes, budget is a huge deal. They only had three Wandavision episodes worth of a budget. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, for actually, this, for this blockbuster. Um, I, I'm gonna tack on. I'm gonna super dump now as well because uh, they kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Um. I'm I'm shocked that anybody who didn't read the books first liked this. And I know a ton of people did. I know this movie got a ton of people into the books. But this, my super dump is that this movie is so boring. Yeah. Um, nothing happens. Like everything interesting action-wise happens off screen. Um, the interesting stuff is the last 40 minutes of this movie, really. Right. But even then, we spend of our time inside the dome for the games itself probably 30 minutes of that time Katniss is just tied up in a tree or um talking to is it Rue or Prue I can never remember Rue Rue, Rue. um which it, the, the Rue stuff is great and actually should have had more there's a lot you more know, Rue in the uh, book that's uh the hate you give mm-hmm. Amanda yeah, what's her I name I saw that mm-hmm. um but I I just we don't get enough we're not given enough political context to understand what's really going on here we're not right. given enough like we spend so much time of the fanfare before the games start, but like it's really just jumping from like visual spectacle to visual spectacle and not enough. I want more of the tapping the foot in the nerves and yeah. the preparing and being scared. Like I want more of that. Like it just feels so what like if the movie, what if it leaned away from, I mean, I'm curious if this would fix it. If, if the books are like firmly anchored in Katniss's perspective. Right. But this, but the movies are more of the geopolitical world of Pan Am 
and like we get more time outside the games. And Katniss is a main character, but then we also are able to see like the government, how they're responding to it. And like just broaden our focus so, a little bit and it's a little more political. To me, when this movie is at its strongest is when it is filling in the gaps that we miss by not reading Katniss's thoughts by cutting in with the broadcast and letting- hey, that's my super pump. Yeah, when they explain the tracker pump. jackers. That's a brilliant, brilliant narrative device that we're using yeah. here. And it has Stanley Tucci and I'm a lifelong sure. member of the Tucci gang. Oh I gosh. love that boy so much. Yeah. And I think, and I want you to talk more about that in two seconds. I'm just going to finish this one thing, which is simply, I think if we had spent way more time in the games- watching Katniss survive and maybe less time on the outside and then filled in what's going on on the outside with those broadcast interruptions. I think maybe this would be more interesting. I don't know, man. I didn't want to be bored. Yeah. I was just bored to tears during this movie. I was yeah. too. I can't help but like selfishly, you know, I I have, and I'll, I'll tell you my formula for what I felt like would have been a big influence on making this watching experience better for me. But it really is selfish. It's just giving a lot more time to our better actors, which is, you know, that could make any movie better. But we need to have way more Donald Sutherland. Oh my we gosh. We need to have mm-hmm. way more Stan. I'm, I, they, they actually did Stanley Tucci well. Maybe they, they hit the yep. nail on the head there. And to be honest, like my super dump was almost our casting of PETA. I yeah. think this is really, I really do think this is bad. And Did I you see think, all the people that auditioned for that? Evan Peters was almost cast. No, yeah. it was Aaron Taylor Johnson. Evan Peters. Aaron Taylor Johnson would have been great for this. Oh, I man. actually because think Josh, is it Hutcherson or Hutchinson? Hutcherson. I think Josh Hutcherson is decent. I think he's terrible here. But let me tell you something yeah. else real quick. I think Jennifer Lawrence is a great actor and I think she is terrible in this movie. Yeah, she's like, not great. She's, I don't think she, at all. I think she's very charming. Zero charm. This whole movie. But isn't that Katniss's character though? Yeah, she's- Yes and Katniss no, is though, right? Pretty cold. Yeah. It gets so tropey, though. That's the thing. It's like it's hard to review this separate from the trope because sure. ever since this, the trope are like, I'm I'm a antisocial and pretty clumsy, but I'm the best archer, and I'm so beautiful, and I don't even realize it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like that is uh, like the young adultiness of that is just sure distasteful to me. Sure, and I yeah. totally acknowledge that I am now. Far out of the age range that this is supposed to appeal to. Do you guys got any good recommendations for old adult books? I think that's where I'm at right now. Um, I so I actually I I don't think she was terrible, and I'll tell you why. I think it's because I'm comparing her to any lead protagonist in these teen level. Thi- like, I just don't. I think I've Jennifer seen Jennifer Lawrence. Jean, yes, you have. Jean, yeah. We've we've done every one of them for the podcast. Jennifer I mean, Lawrence. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Jennifer Lawrence uh, has done well enough, and she so she had an Oscar nomination for Winter's Bone before she jumped into this. She was right. kind of an indie film person before she jumped into this, so she wasn't plucked because she looked like Harry Potter, right? But she is infinitely better to me than Daniel Radcliffe. Sure, oh, so much. Sure, infinitely better than Kristen Stewart. You know what? You know, we I'll have, give her that. That's a good point. And I think for me, I was like, cool. I think she's doing more than enough. I think she is doing something that is probably harder. And it's kind of this more ethereal concept of like taking on the role that's just so yeah. massive. So I think she holds that well. But yeah, I I think I had a hard time deciding who would have been better. Maybe that's what's tougher for me to decide if, if I <laughs> felt like she just wasn't good. I'm not sure who could have that's filled fair. that role better. Can, yeah. But I, I think she does well. I, I I do like her way more in Silver Linings Playbook 
uh, which we'll talk about next, next week. week. Yeah. Can we but, can we talk about somebody that I feel is uh, completely wasted in this movie? I know who it's going to be. Woody Harrelson. Oh no. Oh. I think he's awful in this movie. He's, he's not doing anything He's here, terrible dude. in this. He's so bad. Coming off of seeing him as Chief, Chief Willoughby last yep. week was tough to watch him. This dude is collecting a paycheck on yeah, Hunger totally. Games and doing yeah. nothing else. I mean, with just Woody and everything. Like, even if you want to say cheers, you know? It's like yeah. <laughs> Woody Harrelson is so much better than this, and it's so disappointing. Woody Harrelson is better than this in Planet of the Apes, and he's terrible in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then on top of, you know, if, if we're talking about this same theme, Lenny Kravitz doesn't even sing in this movie. Like That's wild. Well, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dude, I actually think Lenny Kravitz does a pretty good job. Did you yeah. see that Jennifer Lawrence is good friends with Zoe Kravitz? Yeah. And so she, she called him Mr. Kravitz the whole time. I think that's so funny. Couldn't couldn't call him Lenny. <laughs> I think that's, that's so, so funny. good. No, actually, I thought Lenny Kravitz kind of crushed it. Honestly, can we talk about being wasted though, and bring up please Thor's brother? Yeah, for real. Whichever Hemsworth this well, is. Well, he was being set up for future Liam. movies, though. To be but fair, that's the thing. We're only watching this one. Yeah, that's a we're good point. only making this movie at this point in time. Right. I mean, I, I know that they wanted to make sequels. I just remember, and this is probably a good time to bring up. I read all the books, loved him up until the very end because I don't like who she ended up with at the end of the love triangle. And I don't remember who it was, but I think you it was Peter. You were disappointed. I remember being bummed. I think it was Peta. If it was Peta, let's cut this boy from the movies. We do not need him at all in this movie. Yeah. What's the? I think something that's tough about having Gale there is it is Gale, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. We talked about Dorothy Gale yesterday. I'm like, am I mixing this up? <laughs> the I think the the thing that's tough for having Liam Hemsworth here is he is so obviously should be the choice. Oh, yeah. Uh, if, if, yes. they're even, if they're even trying to do the... And really, it never felt like Hunger Games was so... He- I would not call... I would not put romance in the top two or three. No. Not like Twilight. Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. And so it almost felt like for movie's sake, Lionsgate was like, ooh, let's try and do this whole like Team Gale, you know, Team PETA type thing. Let's just do it a little bit. I think there was that's some of my that super in the books. dumb. I think there was that's some of that. That's my super dumb. There was there a lot is, of that in the but books. But it's not as heavy uh, as. Didn't you already super dumb? I don't think no, so. I did. I super pumped. Oh. My super dump is the young adultiness of this. This works in a book. I think they can be 16 in a book. I think that it is. And I didn't have this reaction to it the first time I watched it, but maybe becoming an old, seasoned, weathered man has, has changed my demeanor. I think it's completely unpalatable to have a blockbuster where we send 11-year-olds to go fight while we watch them on TV. It's just like, that's too much to me and like strains believability so much. And if we, I think if we age up our Hunger Games competitors, if we say when you turn 20, you're eligible for the games because they're trying to take the future away from our districts or whatever, then some of the, some of the young adultiness goes away as well. They're like, oh, nobody nobody thinks I'm cool or pretty, but I'm the coolest, prettiest girl in the games. And like, it just, <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I had such a hard time engaging with the, the young adultiness of this. Yeah, some of it's tough. In a way that I don't, even as I go back and watch Harry Potter, I read these around the same time. I watched the movies around the same time. I didn't watch the Harry Potter movies until I finished the books, which was in high school. Uh, and so they occupied a similar space in my life developmentally. 
But I think Harry Potter works because it is itself a coming of age story. And so I can hop on board with, with Harry and like journey with him into adulthood. But I don't think Hunger Games is at all a coming of age story. Right. I think it's a story about kids. Right. Which is fine, but it's so much harder to engage with as an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think the only thing I would say is I feel like it is supposed to be disturbing and shocking at how young the kids can be plucked into that yeah. scenario. And so, if anything, to have that element uh, and just, and then it becomes even more juxtaposing to see how it's so applauded and people are laughing at these interviews of these kids. And, you know, one of them looks like 10. Well, and I, that's I like going to die. Yeah. I, I saw a little, a couple of like review headlines and people were talking about how that's the strength of this movie. Uh, and contributes to making it the best. I saw a quote that said, this is the best American sci-fi film since The Matrix. What? And I was like, that is shocking. And I don't think that I even agree with that at all. But I just, I don't know. There seems to be such a divide in terms of like, you either watch this as, this is an artful sci-fi film the same way that like District 9 is, which I believe is the best American sci-fi film. Well, it's South African, so never mind. But... (laughs) Which I believe is the best sci-fi film since The Matrix. But you watch it as an either an artful sci-fi film or like a popcorny young adult blockbuster. And it's not a particularly good version of either of those things, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of this, I wonder if a lot of this is credited to, one of the trivia things I read was, and it was actually a big deal when it was released, when you know Lionsgate had a, a massive blockbuster film and this was the highest grossing uh, film for a movie outside of the big six in terms of like six movie studios. And so this is honestly this like, somebody looked out and bought the rights to this book series that ended up being a huge deal. And they're like, hey man, here's all we can put together is 80 mil. We don't have time to wait for 120 mil. Yeah. Because we need to, we need to put something out there. And so I I wonder, I'm sure the production studio considers this a win, you know? Yeah, (laughs) totally. They made so much money off of it. But it, 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 probably could have been handled more thoughtfully with a studio that was more able, you know? Yeah. Can I can so. I tell you what I think would be uh if I'm if I'm redoing the Hunger Games today, let me tell you what it is. Timothy Chalamet. It is a in every role. Yeah, as Katniss. It is a uh three season, ten episode per season uh Netflix or HBO original where we can take our time and where we can split our storylines Three three spots in the first season. We've got the games where we spend a lot of our time. We've got back home in District 12. What's Gail up to protecting her family? Show me some struggles that he's going through if we want him to be important. Show me him beginning to hear the rumblings of revolution. People are inspired by Katniss. Let's see a little bit more of that throughout the districts. And then show me Hamish campaigning to get Katniss and Peeta those gifts so that they can continue to win. Let's watch the politics play out of him schmoozing and whining and dining these people so that his kids can get the advantages. Show me all of these things. Take me episode by episode. Let's spend an entire bottle episode in the tree with Katniss with the people underneath her. You know what I mean? Like, let's really lean into the intensity of these situations. And I think this story itself obviously has legs. Everybody knows that. Nobody's questioning that. The books are huge. I just think that this interpretation, and we've talked about this a lot, the the trends of the time can frequently like shackle the creativity of the filmmaker um, when it's not somebody who has earned the right to do whatever they want yet. 
Yeah. And so we end up with this sort of, um, this movie that's had its knees hobbled, this movie where like it wants to do five things well and it ends up doing none of them particularly well and all of them just kind of okay. You know, like I just feel like this is so meant for long form story. And I agree. I think even this movie doesn't work on its own, right? As just watching this one. Like I think if we were starting a Hunger Games series right now, I think my my frame that I'm watching this through and my criteria for enjoying it would be totally different. Yeah. Right? I think it's in the same way that like for our WandaVision stuff on Mondays, if we had just watched the first episode of WandaVision and that was it, we probably wouldn't have been that excited about it. We would have said, oh, that was fun to see him in black and white. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it was okay. Forget it. You know, you don't need to watch this to, you know, I, I don't know. It, I wonder if if our ability to assess this movie is at all hindered by the fact that knowing like for me I know I'll never watch this again and I probably won't ever watch the other ones and so does that automatically put me at a at odds with this movie Hmm. you know am I Hmm. automatically fighting to try and like it you ever have a time when you had a chance uh and and maybe uh this is going a little outside of what we were talking about but uh, I, I would consider the three of us hosts as witty people, funny people. Uh, speak for uh, yourself. There is this I, kind of there is there is this tangible t- timing thing that I, I don't know if we could draw or if we could point to specifically, but there's a moment you know that you had a chance to to tell a joke, right? But then you have that feeling, that little like boing of just like flicking the web that you're like, it's over. Like, yeah, I can't do it. It's gone. Yeah. And so as I tend to do in many relationships, I'm kind of talking myself into a deeper hole here. <laughs> but you had mentioned something about odds and I told, I had it, I had chance. I had so many chances to talk about yeah. them being in your favor. Mm. And so I'm changing my super dump to what I just <laughs> missed out on uh, in that moment. But I think, I think those are, those are really good points. And um, I mean, not, not so good that you didn't interrupt the flow of them to talk right. about a joke you didn't tell. No, yeah, not that good. Not that good. Okay, just to work clear. That yeah, that's my mo. Uh, did you did you have anything else you wanted to say about <laughs> the thing that <laughs> you got more jokes to not tell? <laughs> <laughs> the joke that I would like to not tell is that we're gonna go to shout announcements. Welcome to shout announcements. Uh, let's get into it. Look, it's important that you all know this. Um, I'm I'm tired of beating around the bush. We've got a major pest control issue. Uh, going on at uh, Casa de Chunk. Um, I hate to be the one to uh, burst the bubble, but uh, it looks like we've got an infestation of um, some lizards and mm-hmm. looks like potentially some some giant uh, some giant apes perhaps. Um, They're not that some, great though. Causing some real some real havoc. Uh, that's right. I'm talking about Zillarilla. Uh, mm. Which I believe, mm. I, I believe you're not hearing about for the first time. I do believe we jumped the, the gun and just went ahead and revealed that as early as we possibly could. I'm so <laughs> excited about this. So not next week. Next week we'll be doing Silver Linings Playbook. That's not part of this. And but if you're week- a patron next week, you're also going to get the pacifier. Oh, that's oh. true. I forgot about that. Amazing. Uh, but the week after Silver Linings Playbook, we will be beginning our Zilla Rilla series, where we'll be going Zilla, Gorilla, Zilla. Gorilla, that's right. Watching Godzilla and King Kong movies until our brains turn into mush in the good way. The kind of mush you yep. want. I'm talking oatmeal with some cinnamon. Uh, it's uh, 
what it really is going to be is, as Doge likes to describe it, big, loud, and very dumb. And I cannot wait. Oh, I wasn't talking about. I wasn't talking about the movie, dude. That was me. Yeah. Mm. Also, just saying it now. Um, they're definitely not going to end up enemies, and they're going to fight something different because the they're fact they're going to fight Mecha Godzilla, or maybe it's maybe it's actually going to be that same cave troll from Batman versus Superman. It could be. It could be. Mechagodzilla is the best option. Uh, but yeah, in a fight, in a true fight to the death, uh, Godzilla would just burp lasers into King Kong. Yeah, and kill there's him. no way. King Kong is a big monkey. Yeah, it would be hard. It would be it would, hard. He would have, definitely have to use some gorilla tactics. Boo. We have recently become aware of how powerful gorilla glue is. So yeah, uh, you'll just put just that in Godzilla's hair. Dang. <laughs> Uh, something else you can put in our hair is if you review our podcast. I don't know. If, if rate and review this podcast, <laughs> you bailed on that. Stick so to your fast. guns, you coward. No, say what you were gonna say. That's all I was gonna say. That's the bit that that's an awful that's an awful lead in. But we need you to rate and review because if you don't rate and review, it's not gonna. It's not gonna. things will get a little hairy for us. <laughs> Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'd like to talk about my super pump now, please. Yay. And then finally, some positivity. Um, yeah, finally. Ugh. From you. From you, this means a lot. Something good to say? Finally. Look, this individual, <laughs> I like all the time. Pretty much in everything this individual has ever done. And that extends all the way to Hunger Games. That's right. I'm talking about the incomparable, the hilarious, the effervescent Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's, All the time. She's good in everything. She's always funny. Um, she strikes me as the kind of person that uh, if I was uh, like stuck in a bad situation, I would just be like, you tell me what to do. I feel like you probably have the right answer to this. So I'm just going to follow your yeah. lead on this one. But uh, man, as is it, it's Effie. Effie Trinket. Effie uh, Trinket. That's right. I, was, I couldn't read it out of my peripherals. Effie. Uh, she's just so good when she is watching that video and like mouthing the words along with it. And that's my favorite part and all this stuff. She's, it's, uh, it's pretty bleak, but she's just so good. Uh, I love Elizabeth Banks, super pump, hands down. Can we, I almost think I would like Elizabeth Banks in the Cruella de Vil reboot more than Emma Stone. Hmm. It would become a different movie. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, and to be clear, I'm not even remotely interested in that Cruella reboot. No. It feels like a weird origin for Cruella DeVille, notorious puppy murderer. Yeah. Like, how are you going to make her sympathetic? Anyway. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say something else after. No, no. Just I just needed to get that off my chest about it. <laughs> <laughs> None Elizabeth of my other Banks, Cruella heads seem to… Is Elizabeth Banks in Marvel? I know she was in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2, I think. But yeah. is she in the MCU? No. She should be. Yeah. That's how I feel she, with everybody I like, though. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. I was just thinking that. That's a really good point. Uh, a couple of… Not cameos, obviously, but people that I viewed in a completely different lens because I didn't recognize them when I first saw them. You ever have those moments that it's like a movie from a long time and you go like, oh my God, they're in this? Yeah. But Jack Quaid as Marvel. Yeah. Did anybody recognize that? No, from I didn't the recognize boys? him. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. the main character of the boys. And then also, I've been watching Vikings. So Alexander Ludwig, who plays Cato, has a massive role in Vikings. And I only ever… This poor dude, since he's been a kid… Has just been murdering people. Is he actually good career. in Vikings? He's great in Vikings. He's yeah. bad he's, in this to me. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, he's great in Vikings. My, what's even greater, my super pump, I think with the mess that felt like the little amount of time and the not enough money of the making of this movie, um, there was a moment, it's always interesting, especially with, with uh, source material that is usually known pretty intimately with our Twilights and Harry Potters and... Uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. You're like, yeah, I remember that turn. From the book, yeah. And the song and the smell. Um, <laughs> I think what they did with Seneca, Seneca Crane as the game maker and President Snow, those yes. moments were pretty smart. Those and are the I best super, moments of the movie to me. Yeah, yeah, I super pumped that. I think that was a really creative way uh, to kind of subtly show how awful Snow is and then that 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 there's a little bit of heart. I think it added some fun layers to the entire dynamic of this world. Uh, that you had a game maker that kind of like had a bit of guilt. You know, we don't we don't really know much about Seneca Crane, and we don't really hear much about Seneca Crane until the second book of the Hunger Games. I don't even know his name might be mentioned in the first book. Does he? So does he not eat the berries at the end? I think he's forced to. So he does I die. Think, I think he dies. Yeah. I think he gets killed. I think I think all we hear about him, either in the first or second book, is that Snow killed him. And that maybe they had a creative maybe that was their creative way of yeah. saying like nightshade berries. But yeah. I thought that whole dynamic was really smart and it, it made me want more of it. Well but that just keeps the snow the from being one dimensional. Yeah, it keeps him from being Emperor Palpatine of like I want to destroy yeah. everything because I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, with snow, it's definitely a um just power and oppression. And like we have to, yeah. there has to be. I'm watching a movie or not a movie. I'm watching a show right now. I'm super into anime. I'm back into anime. Yeah. And this is with a, a torrid pace. But Assassination Classroom is a high recommend here on this on this podcast. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of it. I have not. I have not. But there's a character, the principal of the school in Assassination Classroom feels very snow okay um, in terms of like the concept of there being like there needs to be a lower tier for the higher tier to appreciate where they are you know yeah. and and that kind of stuff and just the dynamics the social dynamics there are so interesting but yeah my super pump is that the relationship between a character we didn't really know much about in the book so this was a good creative liberties taken here and well well done mm. Uh, speaking of the social dynamics of this movie, just if if you also rewatched Hunger Games now for to listen to this episode and found yourself going, ah, it's not hitting me the same way it used to, I would recommend Snowpiercer if you haven't seen it. It seems like yeah. the natural evolution of this idea 
to as far as f- like filmmaking goes to like sort of the next level is Snowpiercer. Listen, if you loved Elizabeth Banks looking kind of funny in this, you're going to love Tilda Swinton looking very funny <laughs> in Snowpiercer. Yeah. When does she not though? Yeah. I love Tilda Swinton. Yeah, big time. Um yeah, so something else that uh, was interesting about this and I don't I, it's been a long time since I've read the book, so it might feel the same. Um the speed that we burn through, in my opinion, the most interesting portions of this game, the Hunger Games, is pretty disappointing. Um, the idea of the sort of different obstacles that they have set up to push people towards each other to create interaction between the contestants, um, the different... I don't remember if it's this one where it's set up like a clock or if it's... That's the next one. It's that the is the second one. one. Literally the only detail outside of the events of this book that I remember. Yeah. Is that the second one is a clock. And everybody's like, <gasps> oh, it's a clock. But yeah, so just the different things, uh, like the basically fireballs and the tracker jackers and even the dogs. Like if we just had a little more information on, I don't know. I I, I guess I wanted a little something like, you know, we got to force them together. Let's Let's burn from the outside in. You get what I'm saying? Just a little more yeah. like. Well, let us know about how the dogs are basically the facial mutations of the dead the kids. Dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that's terrifying and that's and that's yeah, they there's not any build of the revolution at all. Right, except for Brew dies and then Brew. all of a sudden Sorry. people watching TV. Like if you didn't know anything about the Hunger Games, well, I don't yeah. think that we've been spoon-fed enough to know that this is like the beginnings of a revolt. Well, their district the didn't win last year. What did they do when their kid died last year and they watched it on TV? Right. Like, is Rue is just different? that magical that she kickstarts a revolution? Is Katniss just that inspiring that she kickstarts a revolution? Like, but they never the tell us what the hand signal is. So, in the yeah, movie. they also don't do that. This does the young adult thing, and it's man, I'm about to. If you're a real hunger head, you're not going to like the things I'm about to say. Blast off, baby! This does. Well, you see, a Hunger Games movie head. No, that's different. No, if you're a hunger, if you're a hunger head at all, if you love young adult oh, literary fiction. Shoot. The bummer oh. about that genre is that we typically want our protagonists to be super smart. Asterisk super smart for a kid, sure, but super smart, super capable. But we don't usually do that by giving them genuine smarts or capability. We dumb everybody else down so our regular person now seems very smart and compassionate. I find it impossible to believe that Katniss is the first person who has been upset over the death of a younger child in The Hunger Games. This is the 74th time they've done this. Right. At least one other kid has been on the TV in every district holding another kid, a younger kid, while they die. Yeah. So this is not a unique event. This is not something that should inspire the people of Rue's district to be like, that's the last straw because they've seen it happen at least several times before So this. do you think it's more interesting <laughs> if it's like, this is, this is, the Hunger Games is a new thing that they're trying, or maybe it's the first time it's televised and so people do I think it's more interesting if that's happening and Katniss shoots the camera with her bow and arrow and is like, this is not for you. You can't watch this. This isn't entertainment. Hmm. If she cuts the broadcast at that point. Because the interesting thing is not that they're watching this. The interesting thing in this would be if the contestants had privacy. That to me would be the humanizing thing of like, oh, dang, they're actually real people and she doesn't want us to see this moment. There's there's an interesting moment here and we can choose to not share this on the podcast, but I'd love to have a conversation with y'all regardless because I had a moment that I felt the same way of 
you know, why did it take 74 times for there to finally be some sort of revolution? Right. Uh, until we had the awful image, visceral image, which was not the first we've ever had, but there was something about what happened to George Floyd that despite the oppression for decades in America, that this centuries inspired something. <laughs> centuries, yeah, sorry, sorry. Centuries, I was trying to think of televised. Sure, like, sure. But centuries in, in our country, which Pan Am is America, um, that it, it took that, right? So it's like, I'm not, that's not to deflate your argument, but it is kind of a, well, there's a realism to that. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's it a is good in point. those situations when we, we put ourselves in the shoes of some of the people, they're like, how did you not? I was asking myself that this year. Yeah, that's Why true. Why didn't I earlier, right? But it took something more egregious like that and just being fed up for that long mm. after just saying like, whatever, whatever the stakes are now, I don't care. There needs to be some kind of revolt. So it was, it is so interesting. I can't believe, have we just picked 10 movies in a row that have an interesting lens over the last 12 months, mm. right? Or is that just <laughs> the last 12 months have been so all-encompassing and dramatic and traumatic that they're just touching all art we consume right now. You know, it's, I think it's, it's really that one because you really got to have bad stuff happen in a movie so that you could tell the good stuff when yeah. it happens. And <laughs> every true. bad thing happened last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so true. It's a really good point, Carter. I, think, I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. I think then if, if, if that's the realism lens we want to bring to this, let's like, let's at least show some of the other, t- like 100. If, if a straw breaks the camel's back, it can't be the only straw that we see. I think exactly. in a story this short where we're trying to economize our time this well, that's something we can't afford to gloss over. That the, that the, content, and it's I'm not just saying this from looking at what the 2020 lens was and the centuries of America, like that content felt like when reading the book was the most important narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And it was not close to the most important narrative of this movie. Here's the other thing though. The districts all watch this every year, right? Like that much is clear yeah. that they have like TVs that are set up for them to watch because the whole point is Snow wants them to watch so that they yeah. are their hope is dashed. Um, so why are Katniss and Peta like confused by the opening ceremonies and the talk shows and stuff? Like they know it's coming. Yeah, that's true. They watch yeah. it every year. It's stuff like that that's where true. it's like, I think they're confused by that. Oh man, if you're a hunger head, I'm going to piss you off. They're confused by that because Harry was confused by Hogwarts and flu powder. That's the only reason. Mm. They're, con- like they, they're confused by that because had- Luke was confused by some stuff in Star Wars A New Hope. That's the only reason. Just because fi- you're saying fish out of water because and this young is- adult goes hand in hand. Fish out of water, young adult, and unfortunately pretty derivative in terms of our character archetypes and motivations. And let's not leave out Bella being confused that Seattle is just full of cold-blooded killers. Right. Full confused that Seattle will kill her cactus that she brought. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is Forks. It's outside of Seattle, right? Don't they go to Seattle a couple of times? Sorry, I meant yeah. I don't Washington know. State. I don't remember those movies. I remember every delicious detail. I remember Ew, everything. A, that's a bad term. Mm. I just think of I just think of old Edward helping with the birth. <laughs> Not enough birth I, in Hunger Games. That's my, my I had other forgotten thing about is, that. you know, not enough birth. Also, uh, Katniss could have avoided, I would say, 96% of the Tracker Jacker stings that she received if she had just cut where the actual nest was and not an entire branch with a knife. <laughs> yeah. Those moments are funny in movies. The moment where it's like the the classic, like, just turn. Yeah. Stop yes. running in a straight line. Yes. yes. 
Serpentine yeah. Baby. Yeah, and there, I, I don't fault this movie for those moments because, you know, and I think I can give it some young adult-related grace, but it did not, even viewed through the lens of remembering how I first watched it, uh, it just didn't hold up for me for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Even um, stuff that in Harry Potter doesn't work for me, I can watch and go, I see why I liked that. That was really important to me at a really important time in my life. Uh, Hunger Games was almost to the point where it's like, how, how was I into this? Was there just nothing else at that time? Yeah. It's a good question. Another good question is how we would rate this movie, which I think the only way to really answer is by rating it. Using the scientific cinema scale, uh, which is both perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing, that's buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. After that is forget it, and last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'll go first because I'm going to be the most negative and I don't want to end on a bummer. I'm going to forget this movie. I'll never watch it again, never read the books again. I think that this movie adds nothing to your life. If anything, it takes things away from your life, like the knowledge wow. that you used to enjoy The Hunger Games. <laughs> okay. I would not recommend watching this just because I don't like it. I'll never read the books again. I don't think any of it's all that great. And if you love The Hunger Games, I'm so sorry. Okay. I, uh, I'm i going to stream this one. Uh, I think that... Uh, I don't feel as strongly, it didn't, it's not that it tainted my memory so much as it just didn't live up to my memory, but I thought it was worth going back and checking out to see if it was still fun. Um, And I think that it definitely might hit differently for some people. So I would say that this is an easy stream, especially if it is actually available to stream for free. Go ahead and hop on that, give it a shot, see what happens. And I'm going to, not to try and do a cookie cutter version of the way we rate movies, (laughs) of it going like from the bottom up, Doge to Carter, uh, but I buy the post. No, I'm kidding. I so I so I'm gonna rent this movie, and it's I'm looking at the lens of, um, I don't know. I, I think the production process for me, what we were able to get to an extent for me is impressive at 80 million. Sure, the next two movies in the series are 130 million. The last movie is 165 million, so more than double the budget. Right, uh, and again, this is the highest rated of the four, and so. We got more money and we made worse movies. More money, more problems is what I always say. More money, always more, money more problems. But I think I think what they were able to pull off and a couple of decisions that were made well, I do think Jennifer Lawrence was a good casting for this movie. And I do think that the, the, the little bit of wiggle room they had to be creative, uh, you know, two times out of 10 they hit. And those two times were good enough for me um, that it actually made me want to go ahead and go back through the series. It's not a th- kind of thing that I'm doing immediately. Oh, yeah. We're, we got um, different reads on that situation. Yeah, yeah but, we did. But I, for me, it's just more of like the action because I knew it got better. Like I know that the the time we spend in the games in the second movie is a lot. Yeah. And it has a lot more character development and that's fun. So I'm like, I'm at least going to do the second one. The but only thing she ever does cool with a bow is shoot that apple. It never really comes back that she needs to be good at that, does it? Yeah, she shoots the net to hit the apples out of the bag to blow up the mine. She, she kills looks- squirrels to eat. I guess that's true. <laughs> It's so hard to have a protagonist archer without making them like dance and have green tights on. Okay, hey, did you see the thing? Robin Hood is like the best version. (laughs) The thing that just, it it was on Reddit yesterday and it was a picture of Katniss, Hawkeye, Green Arrow, and Legolas. And it was like, in a fight, who would win? And I was reading the caption on it or whatever uh, was like, 
First of all, it's disrespectful that you even put Legolas on the same page as these other three people. For like real. Legolas, you could take his bow away and he would still beat the other three. Second Legolas of has all, knives. Did we forget about Legolas's knives? Second of all, the fact yeah. that Katniss is on here with these other three people who are literally like, one is superhuman and the other two are like essentially military trained with bows. Yeah. So Katniss is- Rambo is even better than heaven. That's true. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's the ad- example of dumbing everybody else down. Katniss is better than average with a bow. She's not amazing. And I refuse to believe she's better with a bow than the kids that have trained their to whole kill. lives with a bow. <laughs> to kill. I know. But I think maybe now that I'm, if I'm being honest and not being snarky and cynical, I don't know that it's so much that Katniss is unbelievable with a bow as it is that she's the only one with the gumption to turn around and shoot it at all of the sponsors. Yeah, maybe that's it. And maybe her, she uses a bow because she wants to live, not to win. She eats, hunts squirrels to eat, not for training. So yeah. it's her real power is that she believes in herself. The real Hunger Games was inside, inside her of her this yeah. whole time. The friends she the made along time. the way. Yeah, and maybe wow. if, if Katniss's superpower is her gumption, then maybe we need to see a little more of that than just shooting a, bear, a bow one time and eating some berries. And getting tutored on how to survive by a nine-year-old anyway doesn't matter not important what (laughs) listen and i always feel compelled to say this anytime we watch something that everybody's like you'll love this i promise and i'm like i actually i didn't uh you have full permission to love what you love we say that a lot on two chunks and a hunk and we really mean it if the hunger games is a really important or influential story in your life and it's a lens through which you see yourself it hits you at just the right time in your life you have full permission and you are encouraged to love this story it's a good story it's just not for me it's fair. Next week, you're we talking about the are, book or the movie. You're talking about the book as a whole. I'm talking about any of it, like any yeah. of it. You know, in the also, same way that know, I unapologetically love Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Three. It's bad. Yeah, I recognize it's bad. It hit me at just the right time, and I love that movie. Yeah, that's Phantom Menace for me. Um, and speaking of like love what you love, again, our next series is a giant, like a gorilla and a lizard. It's <laughs> a good fighting. point. How many? So, do you think people are going to be mad when I give each of those movies a perfect score? You're gonna, yeah, for sure. People will, but that's okay. That's all right. Because you won't be alone. <laughs> we can take it. Look, the scientific cinema scale is uh, mysterious, inscrutable, and perfect. I stand by that part. Um, don't forget next week, Silver Linings Playbook. It's our back-to-back second. And the pacifier. And the pacifier. But look, I don't want to dangle the pacifier First for, watch. for all you normies. That's for our patrons, so make sure you Noise. jump on board that in order to check it out. Also, Discord popping off, so don't even worry about it. Hey, to end today's if episode. You, hang on. If you are in Texas affected by the awful events of this past week, remember that you can head to our Instagram bio, head to our website for a list of resources that we really hope can help you out. I'm mad that you interrupted me, but that was a really good reason to do it. And I hope that people get safe and get help if they're in trouble because I love our listeners and I love them so much and I want them to be okay. And I hope that they're okay. To end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and what weapon we would have chosen for Katniss to be proficient in if we wrote the story. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and it's nunchucks. I want her to be good at nunchucks. <laughs> and green, and have a shell. And have a shell, and, an orange and love bandana. pizza. And say cowabunga all the time, and have three <laughs> brothers. Um... You know, when I was a kid, I believe the plural of nunchucks <laughs> is nunchaku. 
but I appreciate the uh, the Americanized effort there. When I was a kid, Dang. I thought that Donatello was my favorite Ninja Turtle. But now that I'm older, it's still Donatello and he's the best. Leo. Leo is my favorite. Yeah. No, you're wrong. I'm Doge. Kitar. <laughs> Kitar. No, I don't want any more explanation. It's, it's perfect. Don't touch it. Let, Let me art explain. Be art. No. Let me explain. No. The Let Hunger Games begin. Be There's one big cornucopia with all the weapons. There's a second smaller cornucopia with just a kitar and speakers. Katniss runs to the second one, tickles the ivories so fiercely, so furiously, they can't help but dance. They dance until they die. They don't eat. They starve from <laughs> dancing the whole time. They can't stop because her songs are so good. Wow. You should watch Midsummer. Um, <laughs> I'm Carter. And it's going to be Blades, but it's going to be a, sometimes you can put an item in a movie and flip the movie on its head and spin it around. These aren't just Blades. These are Beyblades. Mm. Yes. And so people are going to be like out in the jungle and they hear just the, they hear the, the fast, <laughs> they hear that and then they're like, ah! you just like hear the scream. Like it's instead of the dogs. <laughs> and they just show like the cannon fire, another Beyblade. Cut at the ankles multiple times in succession. I got grounded in high school for filling my bathtub with ice and having Beyblade battles, and the bottom of the spinning top took the finish off of my bathtub. Uh, wow. I was old enough to drive myself to the store to buy the Beyblade <laughs> when this happened. So that's amazing. Why ice? Because uh, it exploded when the Beyblades chopped it up and it made oh, it really wow. intense. Really? Yeah, it was that's actually amazing. super cool. I would do it again. That's awesome. Maybe that's what Texas needs to do. <laughs> the world's biggest Beyblade on the highway. Wow. Like that thing that you get in the desert in Twilight Princess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just stand on top of it. <laughs> everywhere. Not even the world's biggest. Just have everybody who still has them go out to the highway and just... Dude, I can <laughs> go to my mom's house and get mine right now. All the 11 people walk out with their baby Beyblade. Hey, Beyblade. Hey, Beyblade. <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.